Nina Marie here. Today you are going to hear about how the holidays went for the Wheel family, some plans I have for the new year, and I have an open letter for my daughter Phoebe. This same letter was written as I thought through the implications of Christmas for Mary, as well as some young girls I know of. They're a couple daughters of some friends that I have um, that I was thinking through, and then the young teenage daughter that my girl will become one day. Um, So I hope you love the show. Welcome to Milk and Meat, a podcast about the Bible, food, and motherhood. I'm your host, Nina Marie, and I'm very excited for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you're able to gain added skills and tools that you need in order to take control of your health, the health of your family, to eat delicious food that nourishes you, and that you may be conformed to the image of Christ. Let's dig in. Good part of the day to you, friend. I'm skipping the like morning, evening greeting thing because it can be either morning or evening, wherever you are. So good part of that day, okay? Welcome to 2021. We all know that nothing magical happened when 2020 ended, but we also know that something magical did happen, okay? The new year is known for the resolutions made and the resolutions we don't keep. But I love this part of the new year. I love having some introspection and some retrospection because they can be a good thing. The commands in scripture to remember require retrospection. And the commands to be holy because God is holy requires introspection. And both are a part of walking humbly with God. This is an action that we are privileged to do. So New Year's is just a great time to be reminded of the call that the Lord has placed on the lives of all believers, regardless of their authority or position in the church or home. We are to remember the Lord and his commands and work, and they are to, we are to take stock of who we are and how we're measuring up to his standards. This is an annual opportunity to ensure that the trajectory of our lives and intentions line up with what is biblical, what is good, what is enriching, and that which builds up. So I personally welcome the January 1st goal planning sessions that everyone has. For the new year, I came up with some goals for myself. First, I am going to spend every morning journaling, praying, and reading scripture. My focus this year is going to be on the book of Proverbs, um, particularly because I turned 31 last year, at the end of last year, and I decided to read Proverbs 31 that day just for numerical significance. Um, And as I was reading it, I remembered how much I love Proverbs. It's my Old Testament favorite book. So I want the Proverbs to just roll off my lips. One of the things that my husband and I are working on is a way to be able to parent our children with the Proverbs. And so we are um, meeting together to see where we see any potential characteristic issues or character issues in our children. And he and I are going to memorize some Proverbs that apply specifically to those things. So we're going to pick one proverb per child. Um, And then we're going to use those Proverbs in our parenting with them so that they can learn the Proverbs as well. 
So that is my goal, that the Proverbs would just roll off my lips, that it would roll off my lips in response to life, to my kids, to my husband, to all of the things. But in order to accomplish that, I have to memorize them. So I'm going to be memorizing one verse a week this year. And the first 31 weeks for sure in 2021 will be Proverbs as it will be from each chapter of the book. If you want to join me, and some women have already decided to join me, um, I was asked to create a Facebook group to be able to support and encourage others in this journey. So I will put the Facebook group link in the show notes for you to access easily if that is something you're interested in. The list for the first 31 weeks is there as well. It is not too late to jump in. It's going to be so much fun and so enriching and great for you and your spiritual life this year. Um, So do you have any goals? Um, Have you reflected on last year? If you haven't, I want to challenge you to do so. As I said, introspection and retrospection are great things to be practicing as believers. Um, Some questions that may help you in that goal planning would be what made 2020 worse off for you? Yes, the whole year was like a wash, but what made it worse? everyone had the same baseline what made it worse for you what things or habits do you want to leave behind and then who or what made the year more joy filled for you how can you keep those habits how can you nurture those relationships i think that would be a great place for you to start if you're looking for some direction so that said i just want to share a little bit about what my family did um ezra's birthday is a few days before christmas and we really wanted to make it special for him So with so much of last year surrounding him having to like eliminate big gatherings, we didn't want his birthday to disappear, especially because it already lives in the shadow of Christmas. My husband and I are really intentional each year to make sure that he gets an actual celebration of sorts apart from Christmas um, as he would if he was born in any other month. Um, So we wanted to make sure that his birthday wasn't buried. Okay. Uh, He is really into dinosaurs lately, dinosaurs and monster trucks to be exact. And if you know Ezra, you know that these two interests are like very much Ezra. (laughs) Um, So what we decided to do was we rented an Airbnb for a long weekend. We drove down to Kentucky and we visited both the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter. And this was the second time to the museum for Bryant and me. But it was everyone's first time to the Ark, and it was amazing. Oh man, I cannot speak highly enough. I was surprised that my kids were able to spend five hours at the museum without any major meltdowns, which, trust me, is is a feat. Um, and they all loved the Ark, especially that they have a huge playground at the Ark. Um, I have to say, it was really nice to be around people and to see strangers again. I know that it's such a weird thing to miss, but... I did miss strangers in 2020. Like just seeing other live humans was a treat. Um, We were also able, able to visit some friends that live in Kentucky and we spent an afternoon with them. And so this was our family trip that we needed. And I'm glad that we were able to do what needed to be done in order to make that happen. So after coming back to Chicago, we had to do the mandatory 14 day quarantine thing. We missed going to our home church for a few weeks, but we get to go back this coming Sunday and I'm really excited because a TV screen and a laptop just does not do justice whatsoever to meeting with the saints on the Lord's day to worship the Lord with his people. Okay. It just doesn't compare in the slightest. Um, but we were able to like drive around on Christmas day and pick out our favorite decorated house. It was 
really nice. It was a, it's definitely a tradition that we are going to keep up. If you hear that beeping alarm in my background, I'm sorry. I live in Chicago. <laughs> so this Christmas or holiday season, I was reflecting on the Christmas story and I kept thinking a lot about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And in reflecting on her story, I also was thinking about my daughter, Phoebe, and two teenage daughters of two of my friends. So I wrote an open letter to Phoebe, uh, incorporating my reflections. And this letter is also dedicated to my two friends' daughters. Um, I will be sending this podcast episode to them because I want them to hear it. But I also want to share this letter with you and you can feel free to share with any of the young girls in your life. Um, So here is my letter to Phoebe. Phoebe girl, if there is any lesson that I want you to learn, it is that obedience to God is better than anything anyone or this world has to offer. It's in obedience that you will be both your weakest and your strongest. You're going to realize just how futile your own strivings are, but you're also going to realize just how powerful and strong the indwelling spirit is through you. Please, baby girl, submit to him as soon as you are able to acknowledge him as God overall. Mary knew this truth and she acted upon it when the angel visited her. God had chosen her to be the one who had the most unique human experiences in all of human history. She was going to carry the body of the Son of God within her. All believers get to enjoy the indwelling spirit of God within them. Right now, it's a permanent indwelling, and before it was a temporary indwelling, but only she can say that she had both. I'm like, it's so amazing. And she was then able to be used of God to nurture the son of God. (laughs) She fed him. She cleaned him. She took care of him in all all the ways a mother does. But she had the added burden of knowing that she was caring for God in the flesh. Like, can you imagine that? I often wonder what her thoughts were like like when jesus fell as he learned to walk did she ever get scared that she was damaging him with the way that she parented or mothered because i know i worry about messing you up (laughs) with my mothering because i know i'm not perfect so did mary have that same kind of fear or anxiety i mean she's just like me she was another sinful human mother but she was tasked with raising God in the flesh. Like, did she ever feel like she was pointless because he knew everything she was teaching him anyway? I mean, he was the word. What was teaching the scriptures to Jesus like? I, again, I have so many questions. But what fascinates me most isn't the most obvious paradoxical musings of the Mary-Jesus mother-son relationship, right? What fascinates me the most was that Mary was young. Many Christian historians put Mary at the age of 15 or 16 when she became pregnant with Jesus. And Mary responded with such maturity. Maturity doesn't simply come with age, though it should. (laughs) Maturity is a spiritual characteristic that transcends one's age. A fool cannot be mature. 
And foolishness is often equated to childishness. And foolishness is a characteristic that people of all ages, young and old, can possess. The, po- the, the book of Proverbs attests to this. Life experiences attest to this. So where does maturity come from? Maturity comes from obedience to the Lord, Phoebe. When someone obeys the Lord, she must put aside that which is foolish and childish. She cannot be both obedient and childish at the same time. But someone can be a child and possess maturity. Sure, that maturity might look different in different occasions, but it is possible, honey. Here we have this young girl, Mary, positioning herself in obedience to God, knowing full well that she will become an outcast in her community. How often will you do this? I wonder if you've done this already. Have you obeyed God to the point that everyone around you has disowned you? You may never experience that sort of thing like Mary did, but I want you to know that even in your young age, you can be submitted to God and experience his life transforming work for doing so. Will his work through you be as great as carrying and caring for the incarnated Messiah? No, but that doesn't mean that your submission to him is any less warranted. Phoebe, Gabriel told Mary that she had found favor with God. Phoebe, you can find favor with God too, the same way Mary did. You find favor in repentance, because when you repent, the holiness of Jesus positions you before the Father as if you were as clean as he is. The Father loves the Son like no one else, and repentance brings you into that loving relationship as an adopted daughter. Just like Mary had to repent for forgiveness, I pray that your repentance that leads to forgiveness will open the door to partnering with God like you could never dream up. Mary got to birth the son who would save her from the just punishment of her own sins. We get to revel in Christ's work and reflect on his incarnation, his crucifixion, his resurrection, but she got to do that and birth him and nurture him and care for him as he grew mary was a woman who found favor with god but phoebe you have the same opportunity to find his favor mary may have been blessed among women but women are still blessed today women are still invited into the covenant of grace and girls girls are invited into the covenant of grace If a young teenage girl could submit herself to God and be used by him to bring forth the promised deliverer who would crush the head of the serpent, he could use you being submitted to him to reach your friends, to reach your family members, to sharpen your siblings like iron sharpens iron, or to sharpen your parents like iron sharpens iron. If God could use a young girl to knit together the one who holds her very existence together, he can use you to bring peace to a cousin, to share good news with a teacher, to feed the hungry and clothe the needy. One young girl submitted herself to the will of God and changed all of history because of it. What can you do by submitting to him? You may not change the world but he can use you to transform the little corner of it that you live in. 
You can be a light that shines in the darkness. You can be the voice that calls out the lost and exhorts the wayward. But it starts with submission to God in the little things. Mary didn't get to that big climax in her young life and suddenly decided that she wanted to glorify God in all she did. She built up that habit with obedience over her entire life. And this is why knowing the Ten Commandments is so key for you. Everything will flow from those commands. This is why the Fifth Commandment, yes, obeying your parents, is so key for your life. God has given us this law as guardrails in order to bless us with life and keep us from harm. The fifth commandment in particular is what God uses us, uh, what God uses to train you to submit to your authorities, to submit to him. He ties a promise to this command for a reason, because learning proper submission and obedience brings life and abundance. When we are constantly resisting authorities, there are consequences relational consequences and societal consequences and how can you submit to a heavenly father whom you cannot see if you cannot submit to your earthly mother and father whom you can apart from obedience to the lord i want you to exemplify another characteristic that mary had she took god at his word she had such confidence in his word that he that what he said would actually come to pass I mean, she knew her history and she knew that God kept his promises. She knew how Abraham and Sarah conceived even in old age. She knew about all the battles that Israel won. Mary knew that God provided the sacrifice for Abraham so that he could keep his son Isaac. Mary knew that God brought his people out of Egypt, that he protected them through the plagues, that he protected them through the parted sea, and eventually he brought them to the promised land. But Mary also knew that God's word was sure in condemnation and punishment too. I'm sure she remembered that those who did not trust in God's word and grumbled and disobeyed were barred from entering the promised land. It wasn't lost on her that her son would be the ultimate deliverer, taking his people into eternal rest from work and sacrifices. Mary submitted herself to God knowing that anything he said was going to come to pass. Phoebe, please make the word of God your sure foundation in life. Read the stories. Become so familiar with them that you can recite them to others. Memorize the promises and fulfillments of those promises. And memorize the promises made to us who still await fulfillment, like the return of Christ for his people. Be like Mary, who was blessed because she believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Take God at his word. It is trustworthy. The scriptures were breathed out by God for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant, even you, of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. He equips you. His word equips you to obey him, just like it equipped Mary. It equipped Mary to bring forth the son all history waited for, the son who would reconcile God with his people. And it equipped her to be able to stand at the cross and watch him do the work that he was sent to do. When she spent years clothing him, 
covering his naked body from the very beginning. She had to stand at the foot of the cross and watch as her fellow human beings beat him. When she spent her life nurturing and caring for him, ensuring that he would be able to do the work that he was sent to do, she was equipped to be able to watch as they gave him vinegar to drink instead of water. When she spent many days and nights nursing him when he was thirsty or feeding him when he was hungry and keeping him from harm. I mean, Mary ran away in the middle of the night with Joseph Joseph when Jesus was a baby to protect him from death and here God had equipped her to turn him over to death. How do you think she was able to do this? She stood on the promises of God. She had the word of God as her foundation because she knew that death would not be the conqueror. Mary knew what the prophet Isaiah wrote. Death, where is your victory? She knew what Hosea had penned. Death, where are your plagues? Sheol, where is your sting? She knew that Jesus would be triumphant. Phoebe, I want you to know, whatever this world throws at you, whatever difficulties, challenges, and pains this life brings, I want you to know this. Obedience to God and trusting his word proves far more worthy in light of eternity. This life is but a temporary mist, gone as soon as it came. But even a young girl can make that mist matter in eternity when she obeys God and gives her life to him.